Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are excited to take a virtual trip to Massachusetts to have a conversation with Dr. Roxane Dalio. Dr. Roxana, sorry, Dr. Roxana. Hey, Dr. Roxana, that's fine. <laughs> Dr. Roxana is a highly respected clinician, leader, and trailblazer in the field of health psychology. Welcome, Roxana. We are delighted to have you here with us today. Thank you, Lucia. This is such a beautiful opportunity. Thank you for having me. I am super happy, Dr. Roxani, to have you here today. It has been a long time that I'm waiting to have this conversation with you. And I saw that you reside in Harvard, Massachusetts. I recall my visit to the state during winter when the weather was quite chilly, making it difficult to spend much time outdoors. So how is the weather in Harvard during May? It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Right now, there are a lot of apple blossoms across the street because we live across from an apple orchard. And the weather is crawling up to 70 degrees today, so it's warm. Um, it's a little overcast, but everything is green, as you could see from my beautiful yard, everything is getting green, the spring green color, which is a healing color. It's very, very invigorating. I believe it must be breathtaking. Yes, yes, it is. You, you're, you're, you're bowing down to nature every morning when some other beautiful flowering tree or flowers just come up from the ground. And I think because we have such a long, cold winter, it's even especially wonderful when spring finally comes. And are they pink and white? Yes, pink and white. Yes. And that's because there are some nectarines and some peaches as well as apples. Yes. Beautiful. I'm here in Pittsburgh today and also it's very green and kind of hot. Oh. It's like 74, I think, today is warm for this time of the year. So, Ruxan, how did your journey into working with children and utilizing mind-body technique begin? Okay. Um, one of my first appointments after graduation as a new graduate was um, to go into a pediatric facility. I was the director of play therapy. And this head nurse would say, Roxanne, you can do whatever you want with play therapy with the children, as long as you're, you know that what we need is somebody who's going to help them to calm down because they're very fearful and they have some of them are in pain and they have a lot of uh, stress. Well, 
I decided that part of what I would do for the children as I was noticing that the, that some of them were there long-term, cooped up in a little tiny room by themselves, undergoing different procedures. On the weekend when I would get together with friends, we would go out for a hike and maybe climb a mountain and I would take photographs. And then on Monday, I would come back and I would project the slides on the wall and I set it to music and the children would totally forget about being in the hospital. And they really began to go into the experience of hiking or sailing or biking or whatever I brought to them. Well, many years later, my work with the children at Children's Hospital led me to be taken as a research assistant in the mind-body clinic at Harvard Medical School that was directed by a Harvard cardiologist, Dr. Herbert Benson and Dr. Joan Borisenko. And what I learned was they were working with adults who had stress disorders and they were teaching them how to use the mind to change the physiology and calm the body down. Dr. Benson's notable book, The Relaxation Response, which was written in the 80s, has a lot of relevance even today. We now teach our cardiac patients how to meditate and how to calm down before they go for surgery and postoperatively. And this is something that really began my own interest in the wheels turning. How can I bring this work to children? And I believe that you should allow children to use their imagination in a powerful way. And this is how I began the founding Mind Works for Children, guided imagery that is a mixture of using music with health images that promote healing from within to help children to access their inner energy and their agency to learn how to heal and hold a peaceful place within themselves so that they can feel stronger and better. I love the idea of having kids meditating, Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, I believe that we all should meditate, but and also with our kids. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What I didn't know at that time um, until I got steeped into the research, it's called psychoneuroimmunology. This mm -hmm. research, which was the beginning research studies on um, meditation, really shows you that when you have a certain image in your mind, your brain releases chemicals that translate into your body and go to either promote the immune system or inhibit the healing. If you're terrified and if you're holding images of things that are disastrous, you're going to prevent the body from natural healing. If on the other hand, you're able to picture your health and move in that direction, your body will follow. It's just an incredible process. What strategies or techniques do you recommend to help children, especially those with high levels of energy or kids that are hyperactive to become right. more yeah, receptive to relaxation and meditation? 
Right. Okay. Well, the first thing that I do is I will ask them to listen, listen to a bell sound. The bell sound itself will cut through the atmosphere and it automatically has children turn their head and pay attention. That's the first step. The second step is that it's wonderful to have resources, but if we're not teaching our children how to be resourceful, how to tap into their own inner power, then we're not helping them for future stresses. So I'm going to take you through a three-step process. This is called recharge your resourcefulness. And what you, you want to work with youngsters to say is there are only three steps to you feeling better. And the thing that's so amazing about your brain is that it will do whatever you tell it to do and it will follow you. So let's, let's just give it an experiment. Let's run a little experiment. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to think of a time in your life when you felt really great and resourceful. It could have been sports. It could have been, for me, I used to be on the captain of the lacrosse and hockey team. Whenever I would make a goal, I would feel really great. And I could say, yes, you know, it's a feeling of yes. Some people have performances where let's say they've done a piano recital and everyone was applauding or a play. And at the end, they took a bow. That's a feeling of resourcefulness. What's yours? Um, for me, it was when I was acting on the theater. I was part of a group and I was participating in some shows. And that was, I had a blast. I just felt as if I belonged to that place. To, I, it was the most wonderful moment that I right so I want you just to zone right in on that moment where you everyone is together across the stage and they're taking a bow the curtain opens again and, and the whole cast bows and you are getting the feeling of appreciation from the audience and you're proud of yourself for the work you've done and you're just holding within yourself beaming pride and feeling just so proud of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now I want you to close your eyes. And even though we're here today, I want you to relive that moment in your mind's eye. I want you to play back as if you could watch a movie of yourself at that time and place and just feel the feeling with all of your senses, the sound of the audience, the applaud, the feeling of maybe your hands were a little perspiring because you were so excited and the exhilaration is just so moving through your body. It makes your heart pound and it makes your eyes beam and it makes you feel even more alive than you were the moment before. All of the senses, sight, sound, feeling, sensation, coming alive. That's the second step. The third step is in this moment, you say to yourself, I am going to resolve 
to never giving up. And whenever I feel afraid or I need more courage or confidence or maybe just feeling a pep talk for myself, I'm going to go back and remember that I have within me the power to bring forth the best in myself. It's always there. And now open your eyes. And that's how I would practice first and foremost, a very brief meditative skill that will expand into longer periods where children can be still for a longer period of time, but we can expect them in the beginning to be able to do more than two or three minutes. And that's how I begin. I access their own imagination and I have them relive a time when they felt terrific. And it's very easy for them to relive it again and again. Your work is great. And I believe that engaging with kids is so rewarding. I think that at the end of the day, you feel the happiness I'm feeling now when I'm talking with you because- Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's the simplest things, the simplest things. I'm saying, you know, I remember, I remember, you know, parents dropping off youngsters here um, and I go into the yard where there are tall ancient pine trees and I have the children sit under a tree. And this one youngster said, I said, what, what do you think the tree is saying to you as you're sitting there? And And he said, well, I don't know what he's saying to me, but I'm asking this tree, how can he stand so still all these years? I can't sit still in my classroom. I said, I know it's tricky, isn't it? Well, let's see what we can do right now. And I use nature a lot to help children rebalance themselves. And even if they're angry and upset, I will say, take a rock Go find a rock in the in the woods and hold on to that rock and imagine giving your your anger to the rock because the rock is hard and it can take the hard feelings. So sit just for a moment, take the hard feeling out of your mind, out of your heart, give it to the rock. The rock can take it. It has hardness that can absorb the hard feelings. Now, I want you to go and find a place to place your rock. It could be somewhere in the woods. It could be in a lake. Throw it as hard as you can and toss it into the lake and get that feeling out of you and give it to the rock. Mm -hmm. So when they're holding the rock and they're feeling the sensory experience of the hardness, they actually begin to understand that their knowledge of themselves grow. There's a nature of mind that they are accessing and also appreciation for the power of inner energies, which you are helping them to direct so that they begin to have more agency, more compassion for themselves and more capability. It's a great exercise and in today's society, children face numerous sources of stress, including social media. Yes. 
care and parental expectations and even school shootings drills, something that you see in the news almost every day. What other factors do you believe contribute to the increasing prevalence of anxiety disorders among young in the 21st century? Because it's increasing a lot. Yes, yes. I believe that it comes from youngsters' intolerance for discomfort. Let me say that again. They cannot tolerate anything that feels the least bit uncomfortable. The minute they get a feeling of, you know, um, jitters or envy or madness, they don't know what to do with it. And I feel that our um, way of handling it the best is first of all, for parents to model the potency of parenting with a, a power that really is about understanding you have a bond with your child that is more powerful than drugs. And we don't want them going to social media, asking their friends for advice, when really we want them to come to us to be given the, the foundation of how to live in the world and show up and bring their gifts. So I say to parents, look, turn off your cell phone yourself, go shoulder to shoulder, get out in nature, go for a hike, and on your walk, share with your child ways that you had to learn how to cope with stress. Maybe it was taking a bike ride. Maybe it was using art, painting a picture. Maybe you just love to swim and you just swam or ran as fast as you could. Whatever it was, your time of having that hike and sitting down and having a picnic lunch with your child is the most powerful gift you can give. And here's the secret sauce. No one can give it the way you can. So yeah. as a parent, if you can understand that as kids grow, it's not more independence. It's actually reinforcing the attachment to you that will give them grounding and security and safety and a tolerance for the unknown. Yeah, I agree. 100% with you. Even if you just have 30 minutes a day exactly. or spending time with your kid is the best thing you can do. I was exploring your website, Roxanne, and I noticed that you offer audio programs at assisting children in coping with stress and various challenging situations. Yes. Could you provide an overview of your video programs specifically tailored for children? Absolutely, absolutely. What I would say is I like to um, have parents understand that our my approach to helping your child is always including you. It always includes the parents because in a way, I'm teaching you how to model what it is that I know works to help children learn new skills. And so all of my work is meant to be interesting and helpful to parents and adults and teachers as well as for children. 
So I have a beautiful body of work. It's called Mind Works for Children. These are guided imagery, relaxation journeys. They're basically like you, um, Lucia, you write these beautiful storybooks for children. Well, I write storybooks for children, but they're in audio format and they are only in the imagination at the moment of the child. So I activate your child's imagination by taking them on a musical adventure. And in that, through my background, when I learned uh, in my doctoral studies, how to use images of healing that are universal across cultures around the world. I studied at the Jung Institute. Carl Jung is a psychologist who used a lot about dreams and images and art. And I love using the expressive arts with children. So even if your youngster can't like is fidgeting around and can't quite settle down and close their eyes, I just take out the art project, open up the can of, of um, markers and paints and just let them go to town. Because focusing on painting and listening to the music in the background, I would blend having the relaxation program play while they were creating a piece of artwork. And that works beautifully. And it's very different from your traditional meditation in schools where kids are taught to just do nothing and try to erase everything from their mind. Now my programs range from preschool all the way to teenage. So the preschool audio is a very different program with different imagery and different ideas than the one that I would do for older children. And that's because developmentally, each stage children have different needs and they need to be spoken to at the level that they can comprehend. So one program is not good for all ages. You mm -hmm. really have to address the cognitive and emotional age of the child. And that's how they were developed. Born out of my work with hospitalized children, basically there were four pressure points, I call them, throughout the day for children. One is having to help them prepare for a medical or surgical procedure to build confidence well, children who are normally developing also need to have confidence building because if they're afraid or they have, like I did, test anxiety, they could use a way to build confidence. That's one. The other is getting to sleep at night. When the staff would go home from the hospital during the day and we would have to leave the children, Sometimes they were afraid, even if, you know, their parents were just going for a break. And I would often leave them an audio program to help them calm down and get ready to go to sleep. The other is for pain management. I would often give children who were having a hard time managing pain a different audio program to help them access how to uh, begin to work with their own body's capacity to heal. For example, if you have rub your hands together and get them really, really, really warm, and then you put it on the part of the body that hurts, you can actually radiate heat onto that body part and help that body part relax and heal and diminish the pain. 
So within the tape, there would be a technique or two for pain management. And then the last one that I developed was for um, the children who are hyper to, to bring their energy to a calmer state and to find that it's not bad to have a lot of energy moving about. It's actually your friend and it does marvelous things. And so while I'm, you know, using my voice to help them follow a relaxation program, I'm also teaching them to appreciate the body's marvelous capacity to heal itself and what it has that it's doing. That's really great. That is awesome because there is a growing tendency to medicate children for behavioral problems. Kids are more, being more and more medicated. Yes. yes, I know. I know. That was a that was a prompt for me to figure out what alternatives can we offer parents and children before they go into the the closed loop of drugs and never getting out. And Dr. Roxani, would you like to leave a message today? Well, I would love to, first of all, thank you for your generosity and for your good work that you do, Lucia. But mm -hmm. I would say, you know, what I am hopefully here to do is to inspire you and your child to know that there is a wisdom within our body. And when we learn how to access the knowledge of how our bodies work to serve us and to heal from within, then you're being able to tap your inner energies and the nature of mind so that your mind doesn't have a mind of its own, but you fit right in to direct what's happening and to help yourself feel better every day. Thank you, wonderful. Thank you very, very much. This holistic treatment is just great. I, I hope you can spread the word about the tools you are using for many, many people and that you can keep doing this amazing work. And Thank you. Yes. Yes, I'm, I couldn't be happier to have you here. And can you share with us where we can find you online, your website, if you use socials, please? Yes, absolutely. My Instagram uh, is uh, hashtag DrRoxy444, R-O-X-I-E. And my website is drroxannedalio.com. That's R-O-X-A-N-N-E-D-A-L-E-O.com. And I have a lot of free gifts there for your listeners. And I have a new online course that you can check out for parents about the four powerful points throughout the day where you can bond with your child and have fun. So I think you'll enjoy exploring drroxandalio.com and just download all the free resources that are there. Remember, it's one thing to have resources, but it's a more powerful thing to teach your child how to be resourceful because that's what brings agency 
and confidence. I was checking your website and I really, really like your blog. You have so many information, good information. Also, to our listeners, Dr. Roxane is featured in our magazine, The Relatable Voice. You are in May issue. In the May issue, yes. In the May issue. Yes, yes, yeah. Just download it for free and learn more about Dr. Roxane and her work. And I would love to go back to Harvard. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) You have to come. When it's spring or summer. <laughs> yes, for sure. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.